Welcome, everyone. Another uh, pregame funk episode with Riley and I. We actually uh, just wrapped up with a pretty cool guest uh, with Andrew Wells. Um, got pretty nice, pretty cool, long, in-depth conversation. So that's going to be uh, pretty sweet. Be on the lookout for that coming up here in the next few weeks. Um, we have gotten in some requests. You know, we put out a post uh, the other day saying, like, if you guys have questions about your work, you can send them in to us at our uh, Forging Brains podcast Instagram page or um, to the Forging Brains at gmail, Forging Brains podcast at gmail.com. We'll look at them and then we'll uh, discuss some of them. So we have a few already that um, people have sent in and want to have a look. So where do you want to start, Riley? Let's start with uh, Colton Childs. So I don't All like. Right. We're just gonna say these people's names. Like I don't know if you guys are trying to say anonymous or not, but you might want to mention that if you are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to stay anonymous, just uh, put that in the message or whatever. But and we like we can try to keep it like. If you're having problems forging shoes uh, in your trim, like obviously, like we aren't the world's best horseshoers, but it's like. We could we could tell you what we're seeing, and it's like we'll we'll try to even talk about our jobs on there. But if even if you're trying to like, if you got a problem, you're forging tools and stuff, and like a certain issue keeps on arising or a question in the forging process, like hit us up, and we'll try to help you out with that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, let's start with backstory to what you're working on. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure, might help out. So he's got here. uh, Looks like a plane stamp. Yep. Uh, it looks like it's out of three eighths by one, possibly plain stamp. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. that what, uh, it just looks like it has a real wide lateral branch, and so like this is something kind of fresh in my head right now because we just kind of did it at a contest. Is we chose the wrong stock, and so I think that's like one thing that happened to Colton right away on this shoe job is he just chose too big of a stock. You know, yeah. and so like there was just a lot of material for that side, and then like how thin a walled the horse was, and how uh, like skinny the foot was, it didn't like it didn't look right probably at the anvil when he was forging it, and so it was really hard to get a good shape that looked good on the anvil and looked good on the foot, you know, because like just right off the bat, I think he could have went with three eighths three quarter and bumped the toe a little bit, and it probably would have flown a little bit better around there. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of looks like it's just uh, like bent around and not necessarily forged, especially if it's uh, like three eighths by one. Um, yeah. As far as like the nail placement goes, I think like his nail placement's pretty good as far as like it's just a little bit high in the medial toe there. But as far yeah. as like at the widest part of the foot, it's pretty good. No, it looks like he has a good nail placement. Like uh, the nails were punched nice. It's really nice that like uh, one of my pet peeves when you see bad frog eyes left on the shoe i don't care how you take care of them just take care of them Mm -hmm. like i even like when my shoe and if i'm gonna have a rasp a shoe that i'm gonna rasp on i might just take care of the frog eyes with my rasp if i don't want to forge on them a bunch yeah but he has no frog eyes so that's really nice he has no frog eyes his nails seem to be sitting really nice in there so that's sweet and he has a uh, a nice clip source like it's not a bunch of dings with a with a clip and hammer so that's sweet yeah see clean could use just a little bit of like a bump in the toe for sure yeah <clears throat> yeah and i don't i don't know like i think the toe is actually like kind of nice width i think it's just that that lateral branch is so much bigger that it just like it yeah, never it flows away. out of the toe mm-hmm. so like you're just comparing it to that lateral toe quarter the width and so yeah compared to that it looks like the toe could be a little bit more but if you just like put your hand over that lateral side and look at just like the distance from the tip of the frog to the inside rim of the shoe. Like <clears throat> that looks pretty good. I, I, I like, I think that width was kind of nice. Yeah. You're totally right. I'm doing that right now. Actually. Yeah. I mean, it's clean. Yeah, I think like, if he would have just, sections clean. yeah, if he would have just cut less material and drawn the lateral branch more, which like mm-hmm. you can see, like the lateral branch was just already big. You could, he, he was like, man, I can't hit this thing anymore. It's going to be a monster. Yeah, and on like, the picture I've been, from the back, I've, I've you can been see there. it's pretty wide. But it yeah, does look you like can a, see, the foot kind of wraps in pretty hard on the lateral aspect, too, behind the corner. Dude, and those are so freaking hard when they have, like, a pretty good lateral quarter, but that lateral heel comes really around. Like, that's... 
Yeah. You know you need a lot of material to do it. Yeah, you Mm. know you need the material, but you just also are trying to make it look right on there. And so it's like, just right off the bat, that was a hard one. But I think think he did pretty good. It's just like missing a couple little things, and it's like just less steel. I think less steel would have been sweet. It would have helped him out, made it a little bit easier on him. Yeah, and then trim uh, looks trim guess, looks nice. Frog tip of the frog would be cleaned up. Night yeah, work. okay, just a, just a little bit. And I, I don't know where tags. Colton's from either, so like I don't know if uh, he's just trying not to touch the frog, or if like might be a situation like where you get into it and it's you're into it, like it starts peeling up and it's hard. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but I guess I, the I last agree. photo that we have of the lateral shot. Um, Clinches look weak. Yep. Or like stronger. that heel Clinches. one's rasped off. And then uh, I don't yep. know if he uses a gouge or not, but that'd be a good place to start. For sure. It'd help you out get so then you aren't robbing the material as much. And something like uh, uh, just make sure your clinch your clinch clinchers are pointed all up straight up and down so you aren't getting your clinches uh pointing off different directions. Yeah, not in the wind. Yeah. As far as like, I mean, there's no, like the dressing looks fine. I mean, there's a little bit of like rasp mark grooves in it, but. Um, pretty straight wall though. Like it's not dubbed off yeah. or rolled or anything. Like it, it's pretty straight. It hasn't been gouged That's hard nice. like with the coarse side of a rasp. And, yeah. Nope. Or, or rasp too high. That's usually kind of a. I'm assuming he must be practicing for, no, this wouldn't be a CJF practice actually because it's toe clip. Yeah. It would be quarter clips on the hind end. I think he's just yeah. forging shoes. And another thing is like uh, just a, I don't know where you are. He is, but it's like the heel checks could have been a little bit better on the shoe for better clean out. That's a uh, pretty yeah. pretty big here. We get thrushy horses if we don't have good clean out. After awesome. seeing it from the back, um, and how much width he has there on the outside, a like a reverse lateral check or whatever would have been suitable because it yeah. would have like shortened it up there on the inside, and then that. Yep. The medial check definitely i mean it looks like it's hanging over the frog so it's just got to be cleaned out yeah i just needed a check put in yep cool hopefully that helped colton and uh thanks for sending in your shoe job man i appreciate it and then uh, next we have uh estrin Ho- I, I i'm not gonna say it correctly <laughs> but uh Ho- this guy's Slugari. name we would call him thomas estrin <laughs> But I have met Thomas in person. I got to go to Gotland. Thomas actually hosted the clinic that I did in Gotland in Sweden. Uh, oh, you've met him? Yep. I have been to oh, Thomas's nice. house. And you would not call him Thomas. It would be Tomas. Oh, I guess it does say on the bottom of the uh, message, Tomas Estern. Yep. Sweden. Yep. From Tomas. Sweden. Tomas is a very, very nice guy. And they have a really cool community over there you know and like oh god dude I, of all the places i've traveled coolest place i've ever been like it was sweden yeah well just i i didn't spend any time in mainland sweden like he lives in an island off you know kind of off like uh you know like whidby is for washington uh-huh. he lives on this island called gotland and gotland is the only place that has this still a continual medieval wall and so like it's kind of crazy like he lives in like a townhouse you know well, uh-huh. you can literally just walk like two or three blocks and you like enter this brick wall with all these castles and everything inside and all these old houses, Damn. like like what you would see in a movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. If you get like, Google, Google Gotland, it is amazing. I was watching amazing. a uh, like a documentary show. Uh, it was about Sweden, I think. And over there, because they are in between, like they stayed by themselves and there's so many like hidden bunkers and uh shit there or in the Swiss Switzerland no that's Switzerland <coughs> probably the Swiss yeah yeah Hard, it's easy to get them confused yeah, the other Switzerland. <laughs> whoops <laughs> my bad he sent he sent us a couple shoe jobs uh he sent us some befores on this horse too these uh the first horse is like the befores are pretty rough like they're like toe clip is straight up and down, low nails, dubbed walls, foot was left long. Definitely looks like it's no- probably overdue as well. Oh yeah, very over overdue. Just all around horse was not set up success and six like to for later in its thing. 
Uh, he got the shoe popped off. It looks like there's actually like the before trim looks pretty like there's foot there. It's it's not too bad. Yeah, it looks flat. The, but yeah, that's the death, one hard thing. That, like you see this horse right away is like he looks flat and he doesn't have a huge frog. Yeah. And so it's like that's that can be hard. Like if they don't yeah. have a real big frog and like strong bars and stuff and they have a flat foot, it's like hard. hard How much can I get away there. with taking off here, you know, without going too <laughs> yeah. crazy? And so in his trim picture, I think he did a like a pretty good job on his uh, sole knife work. Like it's a, yeah. one of those chalky soles, so those are kind of hard to make look real smooth anyways without getting into them too much. The horse had gobs of hoof wall thickness. Yeah, and in in a tight white line. Yeah, not stretched too, you know, too bad, terribly bad. No, or like nobody like black separation or anything like that. Like it's a nice tight foot, uh, strong hoof wall. Yeah, he could have done a better job at like this is something that I'm like working on really hard right now and like that I focus on is even hook hoof wall thickness. Yeah, and so he you just doesn't have the lateral. He, yep, it's just thicker there. It's it's way thicker. And so like something to take in consideration is like the wall in your quarters is the most straight up and down. And so that's going to have the thinnest hoof wall, right? Cause it's like, if you take something and just put it like a piece of wood straight up, a two by four straight up and down, that's going to be its smallest footprint. But if you go and cut that two by four at a 45, it's going to have a wider footprint. Right. Mm-hmm. And so hoof wall and the toe should be the thickest because that's at the most angle. And then the hoof wall in your quarters should be the thinnest. And so that's something I try to keep in mind when I'm trimming feet is I establish my quarter thickness. And then I try to just have it a slight bit thicker in the toe to make up yeah, for that Yeah, naturally angle. it should. Yep. Yeah, so I, mean, I think he could have he done that, done a little better job on the hoof wall thickness. Yeah, right there at the lateral toe could have just been gathered up to make it not look so muley. And then like that lateral mm -hmm. last little bit, I mean, it hooks in there like you could just sweeten that up with a rasp just a little bit before you top dress it to make it flow just a little bit. And it would make it way easier to fit. Yeah, 100%. Anytime you leave those hooked heels like that, A, it doesn't help them grow that nice. They it just It's there next time. Yeah, it's going to look shoe. like it's a upright foot like the before's picture did. Yep. And it's like to fit that, you either have to have a huge heel to cover it or you have to like put a kink in the dang heel to cover it. Right. And so it's like if you can just kind of sweeten it up and, you know, start setting it up for success next time, uh, it'll it'll be easier to fit and the foot will start coming around. And it seems like, you know, feet that get weak quarters start getting boxy because those like it seems like the quarters are distributing front and back. But then if you can kind of get in the feet where they're strong again in the quarters, they they're more flowy and they they have less of that hook and it's easier to fit up. You just gotta kind of start that direction. Yeah, you can see in the top dress picture that he basically just top dressed the uh, the front half and didn't touch the back half any. And yep, if he would have just touched that back off, you know, it'd be much more flow. Look like it. And you can see foot. it. You can see it in his shoe job. Like uh, the toe looks really nice and flowy because he top dressed it and made it look nice. Mm -hmm. But then he had to hook the heels in on the shoe a little bit. I mean, the shoe's clean. Like, yeah, it's very clean. Yeah, it's it's real clean. I think and uh, then, uh, it could have been sweetened the, up a little on the medial. Yeah, it sweetened up a little bit, and it would have helped them cover a little bit better on that medial. Yeah. And the one thing I, I try to do on these horses that are like already look flat-footed and uh, have a weak frog like that, I try not to top the frog. I try to just clean the the up side the of the calmer sewers, mm -hmm. and so they clean the foot cleans out and it doesn't get weak from thrush. But I try to leave it as much weight bearing surface as tall as possible. Yep. So he's not he doesn't collapse. Hopefully, it's more you know that he has a, he's has support in the middle of his foot. So that's yeah, a, I, like I would have maybe maybe left a little bit there. Yep. Finish looks sweet. He just had one low toenail. But other than that, like it's a uh, you had the clip burned in real nice. It's Troy says uh, stairway to heaven, right? That's what Troy calls him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the stairway to heaven. That's what he said after uh, uh, one of the shoe and goes. Like, yeah, my nails are fucking stairway to heaven. <laughs> yep, man, but, they happen. Um, I guess you can kind of see it in the shoe how the 
the toenail is actually the finest punched nail in a shoe. Yeah. So was that, that kind of transpires. When he's nailing up, and that was like he already had a lot of hoof wall thickness there. And so if he was like trying to fit the hoof wall thickness that he had, he was really far away from the white line. Yeah, true. So like if you were going to fit that hoof wall perimeter, you'd have to punch that that lateral toenail super deep so you could get to the white line. like, Or you got to hog that hoof wall away. Yeah, it makes me uh, wonder. I mean, looking at the top dressing before picture before he has it nailed up um it looks like there's a a bump still there and then at the after the nailed up picture um it looks like he set the shoe back some almost or something oh yeah yeah took it away but that's what happens man it's like you you realize you know like that's the hardest part is knowing what's in the future. <laughs> so you're like, all of a sudden you go to burn and you're like, oh crap, I got to get rid of all this junk. <laughs> like I was a little like, yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad deal. I think you can get yourself in a bind like taking it beforehand before you learn, before you get some like a rep, you know, something Experience in your head where you're like, this is how far I can go and now I'm going to fit it. Like, so yep. like, I, I don't think that's a bad way to do it sometimes of like, I'm going to be conservative check it with my shoe and then maybe i'll start melding them together a little bit you know to get get somewhere yeah and you can also see it like in the finished picture where he's like full right there at the uh the third nail you know if he would have sweetened up his trim he wouldn't have had to come out there and around like that and he could have no it it, it, yep it made it kind of a flat spot Mm mm-hmm so it almost like enhances it for the next shoeing you know and you and you almost have no no choice once you leave that trim like that you have to arch your shoe i mean you can't just put a big old freaking flat and then a kink and a kink like it's not good then he sent a big shoe picture of a of like the shape horse it looked like the shape looks sick (laughs) i like that inner shape and that that's one thing you gotta know too of like uh they're from a different country eh? so it's like they have a different style and one thing of their style is big heels yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. something I've noticed in there. Even their keg shoes that are offered to their market, they're they're big heeled shoes. Like it's just something, and they have uh, these really compact feet. You know, they're kind of more of an upright cob, gypsy draft horse type foot. It seems like. Uh huh. No, I like I like his shape. Like, I I think it's pretty sweet, and the prep work looks pretty good. Like I I the frog looks looks nice. It's pointing in the nice direction. You know, and like. It has lines, which is nice. The only thing that my eye picks up right away is this maybe a little bit th- wide in the lateral toe. It could have used a little bit of sectioning up in that lateral toe. Yeah, just forged out. And, and I, uh, I would I would think that he would maybe a little bit tight in the lateral quarter. Let's see. I don't know. As far as like the top picture, like it looks like it doesn't look like it, huh? No, spit out and around. I think it's just a matter of uh, just needs refinement on the horn. You know, something like Craig likes to do all the time, like after he's got his toe uh, turned, is he'll grab it from the outside heel, basically, and then go from toenail to toenail, from lateral to medial, and then grab it from the medial, and then go from medial toenail to lateral toenail, and then you just iron it out after that. And then you almost do the same thing when... After you get done fullering and punching it, you grab it by your toe and then you run it all the way down to the quarter and then over the quarter and then you grab it at the heel and then you go up from your heel to the quarter and then you go from the quarter up to your toe, just running it on the horn squarely. Like you're not having to hit it hard. You're not no, pinching you're it sec- up too you're hard. You're just sectioning. Like Yeah, you're just cleaning up that section, making it flow. And, and sometimes uh, it's I- just literally just like the sex your your stock is angled and so coming from that other direction coming from heel to toe just lets mm-hmm. you run it on the horn the opposite way and so it squares things up like yeah. you don't have that diagonal going on on your on your section anymore right and i think uh if his uh fuller was just a tick wider it wouldn't make it look like the nails are wider than the fullering yep yeah i agree I agree. And then he could have fullered back just a little bit farther, like depth wise. Yes. Yes. Because it looks yep. like it's punched for the nail and then it just squiggly lines up and it, it just comes out could real be cleaner. 
Yep. Yep. I agree. No, all around that was a pretty good one though. Could use like and stronger then, clinches on them, but yeah. There was another one you just sent me uh, of that slider. Oh yeah. Um, now the slider one's hard for me because like I don't shoot a bunch of reining horses. I don't either. But I do know from like talking to Patrick McKenzie about the reining horses. Uh, Chad Chance is like he put some sliders on the WCB list, and he's talked mm-hmm. a bunch a bunch about it, and like kind of given us the gist. And one thing I have gathered is like you kind of want a rounder toe in the slider. He's got a pretty pointy toe going on in that slider, but that yeah. looks like a pretty pointy foot. Yeah, and it's like some something that like uh, Craig threw at us a long time ago, and now like it's hard for your head not to see it. Is like I, you might ask, like, how the hell can you tell that's a pointy foot? There's a shoe on it. Well, the bars are gonna match the angle of the toe quarters, and I can just see that those bars are very steep, and so the foot's unless the frog is very steep and pointed, and so the foot's gonna match those same things. Since like so it's gonna be a pretty steep pointy foot, kind of like uh, the shape <laughs> of Tomas's draft foot there, where it's like kind of like a spade. Then you're saying? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess uh, something that Patrick said was, uh, you know, your shape of the slider isn't necessarily the foot; it's the punching of the nails, right? Yep. Yep. That's what kind of is the shape, and he just looks like he fit the foot, right? Yeah, I think he did, but it, it looks like it might have been a a pre-made shoe, so it's like your hands are kind of tied at that point. You kind of have to shape yeah. it to the white line and get it That's on there. True. I don't, so I don't want to get stuck on that too much, but but it is a smooth shape. It is. Yeah. It's not kinked or anything. It looks like you were using the horn very well, like uh, yeah. very smoothly. Like it, it has a very even toe. Uh, still, it doesn't look too asymmetrical, but it is asymmetrical. It's 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 for its side. It looks nice. Uh, one thing I would watch is knife work on the frog. Yeah, I think it's just a little overdone, huh? <clears throat> and I don't, I don't even know. Like it's just getting. To, it's getting to that point. Is it one of those points where you're like, man, should I stop? Like, there's little bits I should need to do. He's got too many different, uh, different lines like cut in. Yeah, different planes, right? And so that's one thing you gotta like, kind of when you're learning frog knife work, is the least amount of cuts, the better. Yeah. So you want to pull nice long cuts, but something too that like, if I get to this point in a frog, and I'm like, man. Things are looking confusing, and I'm not, and I don't want to do too much more damage. So one thing I try to do is I'm gonna round the tip of the frog up as much as I can, and so it mm-hmm. doesn't look like it's pointing any certain direction. Yep. Like I just try to round it. You know, it's like let let somebody else choose where it's gonna go. I'm not gonna leave their eye there because you might not put the shoes squ- square to that, and then it's like things are looking really unintentional. You know. Yeah. And so I try to get I try to get that gone, and then I just try to put two strong lines on either side of the frog. And so that's where your eyes are going to go to. It's like, if I, I don't want you to have too many squiggly lines. So I'd, I would have just tried to even up those high spots because obviously the low spots are already low. You know what I mean? So it's like their damage is already done. At least try to lower. get, no, it's like, so stay off the low spots, but try to even out the highs a little bit to get to a point where things aren't looking weird. Cause like, even if we think that like clients don't know anything, they pick up something that's weird and they're like, that just kind of looks rough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know shit about fine woodwork, but I can tell you when somebody carves a bad spoon compared to a really nice one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's the same, like, and it's the same thing. It's like a client picks up your shoe job and they're like, that looks sweet. I don't know what it's about it, but like, it looks, looks really natural. It looks organic on there. Like, yeah. Like, kind of what you say with that is, uh, like, I've had clients go away to like college or somewhere and they go somewhere and take their horse with them or whatever. And, then they come back to you and they're like, I didn't, never really uh, understood why you took so much time when you did, like trimming the foot and stuff. Like I could tell the difference when I went to go pick out my horse's foot. Yeah, you know, when that's they were there, usually like, the, it's usually the one. It's like people, like if I get on a new client, my clients that I take on now are like, or like that end up calling me are never, they're never really lame or anything like that. It's like continual foot problems that are just kind of like leading on and on and on and they're over them. And it's like, 
I feel like I'm just an okay basic horseshoer. And it's yeah. like the first yeah, time they're like, I, I could, like p- they're like, I could pick out the horse's feet so easy. And it's like, <laughs> it's I mean, a weird world, man. <laughs> basic functions of horseshoeing, you know? Just, oh yeah. It's like clean out. <laughs> just like just yeah. straight up clean. I'm such a freaking stickler. I was like, I'm going to lean to like, it's going to be shod penny on a penny. Like some guys might call it short, <laughs> tight, but it's like it'll clean out. It ain't gonna have to yeah. rush. Like and he ain't yeah. pulling that bastard off. <laughs> like it's gonna I, be on there. I mean, a lot of your problems come from like uh, the shoe hanging over in our environment and shit getting stuck in there, right? Yep. You know that's I. I really. It's like in our world. I bet we have more lame horses that are like thrush, bad mm-hmm. thrush because the shoe's not cleaning out and he's not getting a good knife job on his frog or his bars, or too much steel and he's sucking shoes off all the time and the foot's already so wet and the paddock has such big rocks that it yep. gets chunked away and there's no foot left anymore so it's like you're in a little bit of a situation like yeah. that seems like that's a very common thing around us to and then to people taking them too short and then hanging that steel on yep. there so i think i think he did a he did a night who's this here that we mike, mike hill. hill uh mike had a sweet job on the shoe he had, he did a night, pretty nice job on the bar. Uh, fairly nice sole work. It looks like he didn't get into the horse too far, so that's nice. The only thing I could really, you know, we could pick on is just like just try to sweeten up that knife work on the frog a little bit. I think you were down I the right path for sure. Think something that will be beneficial for uh, people in the future is take a picture of the foot uh, picked out, not trimmed, and then also take a picture of it then uh, trimmed. And then uh, maybe post a uh, lateral shot of it, you know? Yep. If you want, like, a trim uh, analysis or whatever you want to call it, criticism um, from us. And then we can get a better understanding on where it came from. Like, that's what we do in our our group chat is, you know, where's the... If we always... If we get a picture from one of our friends that's a trimmed foot, we're always like, well, what did it start like? You know, so... If we can kind of get an understanding of like what's the foot like before it was trimmed, that helps out a lot. A ton. And that's like it's the same thing that happens when you're at a contest. So like the judges go and look at the pre-trimmed foot. Your teammates, your colleagues, they all come and look at your pre-trimmed foot, yep. see where you're gonna go, and to discuss it, and then go for it. See where it's yeah. in. Yeah, and then uh, if you do send a finish picture, send it bef- with the nail sticking out, not finished yeah, and then clinch and then you can kind of know on uh to be on it like to be honest with yourself um you know showing uh like if you were to go to a certification or a contest nowadays some judges what they'll do is once you've called for the judging and they score it they'll take a sharpie and scri- scribble lines on the dorsal <laughs> yeah. wall to know <laughs> how much you are rasping off when they're checking it for fit so yep. you know if you're wanting to get better you have to be honest with yourself you know in order to yep. uh to get better save the the hidden polished up pictures for facebook That's where they go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh we do we do need to start that uh fucking uh yeah facebook we're gonna try to start a, a facebook group so you guys can post them onto there so then even if uh you guys want to help each other out you know not have us say say on it uh post some things on there and then we can discuss even that post or even go from yeah. there you know yeah try to make it easier to help each other out, try not to stay in isolation and keep talking about these things of uh, the struggles of all this, you know? Well, should we answer old Greg Wilson's uh, question that he has for us? Yeah, and we got a question from... Let me go back there. So Greg's here. This is a bit of a long um, question, but he has a career now and it's in computer work and... He's 56 years old, and he's considering wanting to become a farrier as a second career. Um, he says, I know it's hard work. Um, would you recommend going to a farrier school as a starter? I know the basics of hoof care. I have shadowed our farrier and trimmers on the ranch. I'm feeling sort of called to it. Uh, he's like, our farrier mentioned was not... Farrier mentioned school was not as good as apprenticing with a seasoned guy who could teach me the real-life oddities. But um, one thing that I think of is with farrier school, it prepares you to become an apprentice. Yeah, I think like, man, we just kind of got done talking with Andrew, and this is something that he touched. He's like, he didn't go to school to try to get his full 
education. He went to school so he could relate with people. So now you could show up and you know the terminology. You know what a pair of clinchers are. You know what a pritchel is. And you know what they're used for. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so I do think at apprenticing can work out for somebody you know and but i i think that works out for the better for younger dudes kind of that can just be like fully in it but it's like so i think this guy is like no offense you're 56 year old and time is ticking and so it's like you might want to short path this a little bit and school is a great concentration of that yeah yeah like you could you could you could go ride with a guy for eight weeks and you might not get too far and he might not let you work on too many of his horses because this is his business and he's trying to keep going. If yep. you go to school for eight weeks, you're going to do all of it. Yeah. There, there is like, you're going to, ha- you're going to do all of it and you're going to like, you're going to be forced to learn anatomy. You're going to be forced to learn these like terms. You're going to be forced to make these shoes and to shoe these horses. I, I do think it is a, if you're serious about it, I, and like, even if you don't know you're serious about it, it might be cheaper and quicker to find out how serious you are of just going to a school. Well, he could actually do the eight weeks of riding with somebody and uh, just going through the innuendos of what's it like to work as a farrier, what are the struggles that he goes through, and then make the decision like, oh, I, I want to go f- more in-depth with this, so then go to school. And then maybe whoever you pick that you're able to go with that eight weeks before, once you get out of school, maybe he'll be he'll be like, Oh dang, he is serious about this, and maybe I can let him do some more, and then yeah, you know, it uh, no, travels on from there. And uh, at the end, he asked, "Are AFA or other certs important? Critical?" Well, you and I both are advocates of that, so we are gonna say yes. Yeah, we might be a biased group. I don't even think we're biased, though. I think if you're think serious about anything, it's as serious as you make it. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think like, put into it. it is not critical. You don't like it is you are going to, you can shoot horses without it. Yeah. Like so you, you don't have, you don't have to have it at all. Not legally, not any other part about it. But man, if you listen to a lot of people that have, we've, or if you listen to the people that we've already talked to, if you're serious about it, it's as serious as you are. And it's like, so it, it, if you think it's for real and you think you need it, then you need it. And it's going to help mm-hmm. you out. You're going to get out of it, whatever you put into it. But if you show up there and like with the mindset already that it's not needed, then you're not going to get anything out of it. And it's going to only going to be a waste of time and money and waste of the people's time there. Yeah, totally. You know, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So, um, I personally think it's critical, and I, I try to tell people like they should do it. You know, that's just me though. You yeah, know, I would. I would, I would push towards it. I would push towards yeah. it, and I I would think it's good for school. And I don't think it matters how old you are. Like, I think it's no. one of the best. I love seeing older people in life tackle new things. So, man, yeah. more power to you. And I hope it works out, and I hope you find what you're wanting to do. Because obviously, you're not happy right now. What was the other one that you uh, saw on here, or was that the one you're? I think that was it. I'm trying to look through, but I think I think that was. Oh, um, here's one. Hey guys, I'm from Alberta. Question: Have you ran into any that have attended Butler's Farrier School? No, I haven't. I, there's been good people. Uh, Jim Quick went to Butler's Horseshoe School. Oh, he did. Yep. I think yeah, um, it's Horseshoe School, just like anything else, man. Get out of it what you put into it. No matter where and you I go. guess at the end he asked, "Would you guys do a podcast on business tips and how you guys do your scheduling?" <laughs> Probably don't want to hear from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh. my my business tips are a little sharky. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, I uh, I'll, I mean, I'll admit I'm like the, I'm not the greatest businessman out there either. So, uh, yeah. um, usually I just schedule horses. Uh, I mean, I try not to work on the weekends, and nowadays I don't shoe as many as I used to, uh, just because I know that like I've put enough work into it, I can charge a little bit more, and I do better work if I'm not doing as many horses in a day. And um, you know, nowadays I start a little bit later in the day, about ten, ten thirty, because I spend time in the morning on the computer doing all this shit, and then uh, and I work till like two thirty, three o'clock sometimes, and I just. I schedule everybody with this uh, app on, it's called Google Calendar. So 
you get your email address from them and then that you put it in there and then when you reschedule it they get an email and then they just know <clears throat> i'm coming this day whether you're here or not and typically a lot of the horses i work on they're good enough that i can do without the owner so if i do need to reschedule someone i just move them and uh, just grab them and do them so i've kind of tried to something that we talked about with andrew or whatever with horses not wanting to take burns uh those horses generally don't stay on my books very long because i yep. get fucking fed up with them you know so but th- but don't think that's not for you if you're just starting out and you need horses to shoe shoe that pile of shit yeah like, yeah, like totally. you know what i mean like if he's not a dangerous and he's not like complete like a renegade and trying to kill somebody man somebody's got to shoe him and somebody's got i would i think the biggest thing is like we all like to tell each other how to run each other's businesses like do what fits your life and yeah. your lifestyle and what makes you happy if you want to shoe piles of horses and that makes you happy shoe piles of horses if you yeah. want to do just a few horses do a few horses but you need to be realistic with your life know how much your expenses are know yeah. how much it costs you to shoe a horse not how much the books say not how much the people on the internet tell you it is how much expensive it is to shoe a horse if you don't know get an accountant it's going to be cheaper to have an accountant than to be working in the blind because there's so many guys that are shoeing horses that I don't think they're make they're paying to shoe horses almost sometimes because they don't realize that like sometimes it's cheaper to say no and not go to these certain things and so go to these certain clients. So understand how much it costs you to live, how much it costs you to shoe a horse and try to run your business through there and try to like, it's a business, make money at it. Don't, don't try to, and like, be uh, like i'm so tired of horseshoers on the internet being like why well, can't horseshoers can't afford health insurance and blah, blah and it's like then you're not charging what you need to be charging to run a business you don't hear that in any other businesses so be aware and make it make it fit your life and like tom will be really so it's like help me out he's like if you need to make more than like say like 800 dollars in the day or something like that then you probably want to maybe look at how you're running your life because you might be running your life way more expensive than you need to be, which is just causing you to work more. Yeah. But if that's what you like, you're like, well, I would like a wakeboarding boat, an RV and a Corvette. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, so there's your goal. Run your, make your business that way. Like it, you need, you need to like understand like, well, to get there, I need to charge this much per day and I'll have to shoot this many horses. And it's like, that you might after you do those numbers, you're like, maybe I don't want a wakeboarding boat in an RV. Yeah, but if you do look at that and you're like, that's not that bad. I think I can make this happen. Well, more power to you, bro. Like, just run your business how you want to, but don't don't be stupid. Don't don't be ignorant, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Be realistic. Go to accountant, understand taxes, understand how much it is to actually run a business. R- run this thing like an actual business, not like horseshoers do. So we are the worst. <laughs> like... Yeah, you're like, how much is that guy charging? Sounds good. I'll charge what he's charging. <laughs> like... Oh, did we go too long? Mine's still uploading. I think I lost you. Yeah, that was fucking weird. Well, here we are. You're back yeah. in a different screen. <laughs> yeah, and that's three of us. <laughs> yeah, oh. all frozen Gavin in the middle. Well, um, so I have one other one here that came up in the... Perfect. said... Um, I thought a good idea for some topic of discussion would be show some advice for new guys trying to get into the trade. Things that they should and shouldn't do. Tools to buy, tools to stay away from, setting themselves up for success in business. We just kind of covered that. Common mistakes, etc. Yeah, I think we we cover a lot of the common mistakes just in every episode. Yeah. You know, we go through like the beginning of people's trade. Uh, tools to buy is a hard one too. Of like a tools can be therapy a little bit when you're beginning and you're feeling hard up and like, man, a new hammer or something new can like really breathe a little bit of life into the week and like make it feel good and be excited to go back to work. So, so it's like, don't be afraid to try things out. Don't be 
and like uh, establish your standards of yourself of what you're okay with right it's like i'm kind of a hippie person in gen- general and like i guess that's one way it's like i'm small business i don't like supporting things too much outside of my immediate circles so it's like if i can support people that are within my little community those are the people i try to support uh that mm-hmm. i'm buying things from and so have that thought uh you know and I th- there, there's just like most of the tools on the market right now and your and your supply houses are going to be okay that's why the supply house is carrying it yeah like they're they're yeah, kind of something like uh like robert was, i think it was robert that was talking about it uh with the roy bloom fuller or whatever you know and yeah there's nothing Bloom's wrong with a grabbing choice. a roy bloom yeah nothing wrong with grabbing a roy bloom fuller i mean it is a little bit cheaper and honestly that's where i started with using with like fullers is grabbing the Roy blue ones. And then, you know, because at the beginning stages, you are going to wreck some tools, you know, cause you're learning how I to think use that's the biggest thing to understand is you are going to wreck them. And because if the tool does like get a scuff in it or a little chip or something, if, if you drive it in the anvil, it is not the tool's fault. It's your fault. And you learn from that. Um, yep. so at first you get to learn, you get to learn double cause you get to learn yeah. how to fix that tool now. True. True. And if they don't know how to fix it, ask somebody, you know, that does know how to. A lot of times, most people are willing to uh, help somebody else, you know. Man, Andrew and told that story of that he had some Roy Bloom Fullers that he wrecked that's and right. learned yeah, how to grind. Andrew. And he just asked Bloom himself, and Bloom took the time to go over there and teach him how to grind a folder up and, like, how to fix them. Yep. So it's like, be aware. They're consumables. Every tool we yeah. use is a consumable. That's right. They're none of them are meant to last for a long time. So when you're first yeah, starting to say out, on just be ready to wreck what, them. Yeah, it's hard to say on what exactly what tool to get. I guess it just kind of depends yeah. on the amount of money that you have and the amount of money that you're willing to uh, potentially risk at the beginning stages. So, yep. yep. You know. Yeah. No. But it is, it like, is important to also buy, buy something good. And I, you can be a little safer too. Is like, uh, you could buy a pair of nice tongs, and you aren't gonna probably yeah. wreck them. You could buy a nicer, like rounding hammer or clipping hammer or a driving hammer. You probably aren't gonna wreck them. But yeah, a lot of like flatland forge tools are gonna be pretty dialed too. Excellent, excellent tools. Uh, yeah, I and, use flatland forges but, every day. <laughs> If you are going to buy a four-punch Pritchell or Fuller when you're starting out, go with the cheaper route. You're going to trash it like you yeah. just are. And don't get the one you're, with you, the metal handle. No, geez, you're, it's going to hurt. It's <laughs> going to hurt really handle. bad. Get a wood, yeah, handle, wood handle. One that's got an Besides, eye in it with a wood handle. Four punches. You, you have your four-punch can be yeah, a metal four, handle. With four punches, yes. Just Fuller. Fuller. Get a wooden handle Fuller. And don't I think remember, like, oh, the fullering looks bad because of the fullering. The fullering looks bad because you suck still. Yeah, just and be you're okay just with it. And you're trying to figure it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, just keep doing it. Just keep going. <laughs> I actually, uh, I remember when I went to college, uh, the list of tools that we had to buy it pretty much was all this Roy Bloom stuff. And yeah. um, the fuller on there was the metal welded metal handle one. And, oh, yeah. dude, it was so hard to learn how to use it just because, like, it doesn't, like, knowing what I know now, like, God, I would have saved myself so much time if I would have had the wooden one. You know, wooden but it's almost kind of nice when you use when you use the shitty one, you know, and then you're like, you appreciate you it. Go to, yeah, you're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, yeah. oh, this is a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great thing. It, uh, I was happy when I got a wood one because the metal one then became a hot cut. <laughs> yep yeah exactly so I, I still have my first <laughs> my my first Roy Bloom fuller I still have and it's ground into a flat bottom fuller that it's still in my rig and I use it for concave yep. yeah. <laughs> it's still yeah. still in the rotation <laughs> eventually that's the other thing too is like you buy these tools in the beginning and you probably are going to have them for the rest of your career and they will probably be used again for something you know yep you may not use it sure. every day, but you know eventually it'll have a purpose, right? I know it can seem expensive, uh, but yeah, just keep investing in yourself and trying to learn. And if it is uh, l- tools for starting out, make them. 
that's that's where I was too broke to buy tools, and so I started for that's where I started forging tools because I wanted tools to break, and I needed tools to keep practicing. So like I I just got into forging them. So <clears throat> don't be afraid to grab a stick of some forty one forty or some S seven and make yourself some four punches and pritchels, and yeah. just wreck them and keep making them. Because if you are broke and you are starting out, you could probably use the hammer practice anyways. And forging four punches square is really hard. And it can be great practice. And you learn your tool inside and out. So it's don't be afraid of it. And then there's another one on here. Uh, I think it was a Jordan Sumantins. Um, It's a pretty long-winded one. Um, I think he was kind of asking about what do you think about a two-week course at Texas Horse Showing School or Oklahoma and then riding with the farrier who taught me to trim would be a good route. I don't see myself being able to go and do Heartland. My schedule and financial situation. Um, I think just go. Just like whatever you think you can do, do it. Like I, I, like I... I don't answer a lot of people and I feel bad sometimes and they're like, how do I get started? And it's like, start, just start yeah, any way you, you'll hear any way that can work episode, for you. You'll hear in a future episode in a couple of weeks from Andrew Wells and he has a, an incredible story on how he decided to start, which will answer yeah. pretty much this question here. Um, yep. you know, Andrew went to college and has master degree and all this crap and, <laughs> He's shooting horses now full time, you know, and, so. and he did it with not a lot of money and not a lot of time. Like he just made it work. Yeah. yeah so I, th- I think that's the biggest crazy. thing is like if you got something in life <clears throat> that you think you want to do. Man, yeah. I don't know. It's like I've almost died before. And ever since then, I was like, you just just start doing it. You could die here really quick. Like you drive in the car. You could be sitting in the house and something could blow up. It's like just begin. Yeah. Or you're going to always be kind of after yourself that you didn't do it. I mean, that's like even this podcast. Me and Gavin knew nothing about podcasts. <laughs> we just randomly yeah. decided, like, we're going to do this. We and, we and if we don't just start doing them, it won't happen. So it's like, bro, you're just never go. Gonna learn. And, you know, yeah. it's like, and it's like no one ever, it doesn't really matter what school you went to. It just matters what you do there and after. Uh, I kind of do think it matters what school you go to <clears throat> as far as like. It can uh, like a two week one, a two week one versus an eight week one. You're obviously going to get more out of the eight week one. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, yeah, uh, you uh, someone going to that, someone going to the eight week one that isn't going to practice and isn't going to try to drive forward isn't going to get out of it. With somebody goes to the two week one and is fucking hard after it, like they're hungry. Yeah, that hungry, True that, that hungry dude in two weeks is going to do more than the person in the eight weeks. And it's like, I think the people in this guy's situation where he knows his time is already limited, like mom's mm-hmm. dad isn't paying for him to go to horseshoeing school randomly. You know, it's like, he's, you should be hungry or don't waste your time and money. It's like, yeah. And get You're after it. it for yourself. Like, I, <clears throat> I think whatever you can get, whatever you can get a hold of with your teeth, get a hold of it and just hold on. Keep trying. Yeah, It'll go True. from there. Yeah, so it's a, it's just a thing as well. If you're paying for it and it's your hard-earned money, you are probably going to put forth more effort into it. You know, yep. so so whatever you yeah, can afford, so. I I think give it a try. Um, I I do think you can't go wrong with either the Heartland or uh, Five Star Horseshoe in School, though. I mean, those ones are. You'll hear that from the Andrew, top. and <laughs> yeah, they're they've uh, and it's like not even, it's like they've just been around for a while. The teachers are very well educated themselves. Like it's. It's all around. It's kind of, it's not what something some that somebody other, can just open this school and do What that. are some other schools that are going on right now that are like top, I there's, guess? Uh, there's, I don't know, but like, uh, it's hard. It's like, there's Oregon Farrier School is a good school. Uh, Butch, yep. Yep. Wyoming Farrier School is a good school. Montana has a pretty good school. Uh, oh, yeah, MSU. Yep. That's at Bozeman. Yep. Uh, um, is Kentucky still say, going? I think Kentucky's still going. Lookout Mountain, I think, has a decent one there with Paul Doris. Uh, there's a, I think there's a couple other ones that I'm for. I'm just like spacing right now, but there there's a couple other good schools around. But like there's the a, one the in ones like you're gonna hear Cali- the most is there's a one in California that uh, 
I think it's Bob, Pac- right? Yeah, Pacific Coast or something. That one. <laughs> I just have no idea I've, about it, man. Like I, I mean, I've never I've, met there's a lot of people that come up here. There's a lot of people that come up here and went there and I see the work. I'm like, oof. Like, oh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> calling them out, deals. Gab. Calling them out. <laughs> well, actually, um, I think there's a gal. Uh, she said, "Like, I wish I never would have went there." <laughs> you yeah, know, that's hard. I think she's from Oregon too. Um, I could, I could see. Yeah, I don't know as many like other than those schools. Like, I don't know as what other schools are out there like walla walla is where i went at the community college but it's now shut down it's so done. but that one's a two-year program so that's hard yep for somebody to so as far as like other school oh yeah and there's the ardmore one that patrick went to and he said that was fine yeah i think just go do what you gotta do yeah but cool is that all so we, we had on questions then i believe so so um yeah, if you guys right got some on, more questions man. for the next one, we'll uh, or pictures or feet or whatever, we'll try and yeah. get to them and hopefully uh, get to them. Um, it's easier for us to talk about it than it is to write a message out. Usually for me, for anyways, sure. for sure, this is perfect, and then so, everybody else gets to hear as well. So it's it's yeah. a good deal. And so yeah, if you don't necessarily hear back from us, like responding messagely wise, like text or whatever, um, it's probably because we are going to answer it on the pod yeah so we'll try to get back yeah. to you and let you know that we saw it but we we aren't always great speaking yeah. of man like, <laughs> there's just a lot of shit going on it's almost dark now and i gotta go cut two deer up it is so. dark yeah oh great I'm, I'm in my little trailer so it's like i gotta go at least the, the light stayed on. on this time <laughs> yep got a new battery <laughs> oh you that did helped out yeah, I was actually at Harbor Freight yesterday, and I was like looking at the inverters, and I was like, I wonder which one. That's where I got mine. That's what I was wondering. I was like, which one did you get? Uh, I think it's the two thousand. Was that like the big dog one or? No, it's like I've seen. There's like couple the middle. Yeah, I love Harbor Freight. (laughs) Same here. It's like guilty pleasure. Ashley can go walk around Target for hours. Like I could go walk in Harbor Freight. Oh, same here. Dude. I'll come. I'll come out with all the little bin things that are like rubber washers, plastic, yeah. like assorted bolts. I literally just bought those. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah, like I fucking love going to that store. Like, it's great. Fuck. That's awesome. All right, guys. All right, everyone. Thank you. Good talk to you. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Sounds good.